Welcome to Core 242 Podcast, brought to you by Core Community Covenant Church. Now let's dive into the Word of God with Pastor Max and Pastor Trish. God bless you and thank you for joining us once again as we journey through studying of uh, the teaching on Beatitudes. Uh, We're in Matthew chapter 5 and for today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5 verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God, or other translations said children of God. Uh, we have been a part of this teaching for a while now, and it's always exciting every week as we, as we stu- study a new beatitude, prepare for the teaching, uh, how it confirms over and over again of what we said at the beginning, how each and every one of these beatitudes kind of work onto another, that... Uh, you kind of have to go through these steps to get to the point of sanctification. Uh, remember, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. We talked about it. This is not a list of um, how to be saved. It's a list of who is saved, how you look. When you're saved, when you're being sanctified through the Holy Spirit, uh, how, do, how does your spirit look like? How does your character look like? And of course, this character is a total representation of our Lord Jesus Christ and the working of the Holy Spirit in us. So because of that, we are blessed. That's why we get to celebrate uh, all these attributes. Uh, again, uh, we, Pastor Trish is going to talk a little bit about the word blessed first. But again, if you want to really dive into it, we've taught a little bit more about that word blessed. Uh, when we went over Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit. So please, if this is the first time you're listening to our teaching, go back to um, the teaching on poor in spirit and listen to it the first 20 minutes or so. We actually really dove into that word blessed, but uh, we do want you to have a little bit of understanding in this teaching of what that word blessed is. So like we've mentioned in the previous uh, messages, The word blessed here is an exclamation, much like if you were to say, oh, happy is the one who, or congratulations to, uh, and then there's the fill in the blank, and the Beatitudes all follow the same pattern. So there is no verb in this phrase. It was a congratulatory in tone, and and Jesus is actually announcing the, the coming of the kingdom of making everything that's upside down, right side up. So oftentimes people talk about how the gospel turns things upside down, but realistically, our all of creation and the kingdom that we currently live under is already upside down, and Jesus is coming to make it right side up. And so He announces these blessings over the people who who follow these particular traits. And as we said, these are not things that you do in order to be saved, but once you have accepted Jesus as your King, as your Lord, as your Savior and you've submitted to the incoming reign of his kingdom, these are the rules of operating within the kingdom. That first, you're poor in spirit. You realize that you are nothing apart from God and that you're spiritually dead and spiritually lost apart from him. Then after that, you uh, realize that you are grieved over your spiritual condition, over your sin, and over the sin in the world uh, of which you are a part. Then you engage in meekness, which is actually a total surrendering to God. Uh, And then you hunger and thirst for a right relationship with him. 
You become merciful because he has shown you mercy already. So you are full of God's mercy and you start to reflect that. Uh, and then you are given a new heart. And with that new heart, you go forth and become peacemakers. And we see that this is really the first beatitude. All the other beatitudes focus more inward on your own inward transformation. And this one is actually an outward uh, that we have been called in order to be sent. And I think that's really very important for us as Christians to remember that, yes, we have been called and we love to spend our time in prayer and studying the word and in worship, but we've been called in order to be transformed so that we can be sent forth. And we're sent forth with the the key to this is that we're not just peacemakers that we uh, keep the peace and we avoid conflict, but peacemakers meaning that we bring the gospel of peace. Uh, the gospel of peace is what we're proclaiming. So when we talk about peacemakers, we just need to start off with the understanding that a peacemaker is not someone who just mediates between two parties having a conflict, but a peacemaker is someone who is bringing the gospel of peace, who we recognize that we have been at war with God. We've been in rebellion against God. And again, as these beatitudes usher in with the blessings, the coming kingdom, we now align with God and we've made peace with God. And we want others to have and find that same exact peace that we have found with God. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's going to be our biggest push um, in this teaching that, yes, it's good to live uh, at peace with everyone and to help mediate between uh, parties and everything else is definitely one of the callings of the church. Uh, I know for me as a chaplain or as a pastor, there's many times when you come and try to find the right um, answer during during a disagreement and things like that but in this point uh jesus truly truly speaking of of us reflecting um who he was to those around us that the peacemaker us as peacemakers is nothing about it has nothing to do with so much as disagreements but so much in the gospel because our gospel, the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ that we preach is what brings peace into the world. That is, that is the bottom line. When he says, blessed are the peacemakers, it's us going out and sharing the gospel. When we come in into a place of trouble, of, uh, of uh, hurt, of pain, of disillusion, of brokenheartedness, the only thing the only thing that can bring peace into those situations is the gospel of Jesus Christ and what he has done. So that's what we need to understand. And as we go through the verses that, that God put in our hearts and open our, open our eyes to, you will see how that's the Jesus' desire. And that's what he did with his disciples. And that's what he wants us to do as his followers. So we're going to first we're going to look at Ephesians chapter two verse 14 which really uh kind of summarizes this thing uh, the, this idea of it of who god is of who christ is and how he has showed us uh what is peace so in for ephesians chapter 2 verse 14 it says for he himself is our peace who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law with the commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create, create in himself one new man 
out of the two, thus making peace. And then this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. That is the main, the main message of the gospel. The whole point of Jesus coming on earth is that he can reconcile, that he can be a peacemaker between us and God. The reason that he came down to earth, died on the cross, and rose again was that we could have relationship with God, that there would be peace between God and us. Because from the beginning of the first Adam, when there was a separation and brokenness between man and God, there was there was no peace there was no peace and that's why in, in this scripture it talks about about him breaking that barrier breaking the laws in this commandments regulation breaking all those things uh and i know here when they're talking about the barriers they're, they're literally talking about the the separation of men and holy of holies for the for the jews in the old testament the tabernacle uh and all those things all those things but for us, for us, this was the breaking point. That's the gospel of peace is finally we have a relationship with God. We finally got reconciled with God. So now when we go out and we become peacemakers doing what Jesus has done, now we bring that gospel of peace, bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ, dying on the cross and resurrecting again. So that way, those that we talk to, those who we bring that gospel to, now they can have peace with God the Father. And the, the, the amazing part is, is that Christ takes it even further. He not only makes a way to reconcile us to God, but as we see in these verses, he makes a way for us to be reconciled to one another. So not only, and, and in the fall, like you said, even with the first Adam, what happens? There's a division between the husband and wife. There's a division between among humanity mm -hmm. so not only does sin divide us from god but sin divides us and prevents us from being able to be one with one another and the gospel of peace makes a way for us to take that dividing wall of hostility and to make peace between us so that we can be one once again that the things that divide us the sin that divides us the the things that tear us apart um, and create division uh, are no longer they no longer apply because we've we come under the lordship of christ mm -hmm. and he makes the two one um corinthians second corinthians chapter 5 uh, verse 16 uh, and going on actually I'll start with 17 it says therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation the old is gone the new has come all this is from god who reconciled us to himself through christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that god was reconciling the world to himself in christ not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Mm -hmm. And so often when people preach the gospel, uh, you know, they talk about, you know, Christ came, he lived, he died, he resurrected. And yes, that's true. But if you don't, if you don't understand the implications of why he did that, and what the, that's what the gospel message is. That's the good news. The good news is not just that Christ died and resurrected. And so now we can go to heaven. What happens is, is that he, he became our peace. He be, made a way for us to no longer be at war with God 
Um, and he reconciled us to God and to one another. And the church is the body of Christ coming together from those broken pieces, uh, the destruction that sin has caused, the division that sin has caused, people coming together with their brokenness. I mean, the church is not perfect. We come with all of our baggage, and and but we're being made into a new creation, as this text says, the old is gone and the new has come. And we have received this ministry of reconciliation. If you think that the gospel message is just that God loves you, he forgives you, and you can go to heaven, you're missing a huge piece of what the gospel message mm -hmm. is. If that's all there is, then there's no reason for us to remain here on earth. But we become saved and then we are made into a new creation. We are made into the image of Christ. And just as Christ was a peacemaker, we become ambassadors of peace as well, reconciling others to God and making peace between each other. Yeah. Between others and God and between man and another, you know, between humankind. Yeah. Yeah, and Jesus shows that. He teaches his disciples how important that is. When you look at Matthew chapter 10, this is where he sends out the 12, uh, which is really important as you go through it. But I really want to focus on verse 12 and 13. Uh, this is Jesus teaching them about when they go into different villages. and says, as you enter a home, give it your greetings. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. So he, he talked a lot about it. So he's saying when you, you come into the house, share the gospel. If they, if they let you be there, share the gospel, share the gospel of peace. Share the gospel of peace that, that can bring peace between them and God the Father. He sent them out. He's like, all right, you got to go. It is really important that if you look at, I, I really don't think, I know it's not a coincidence, for sure, but when you look at the armor of God, you look at the armor of God, and it talks about the, your feet. It says, and with your feet, I'm sorry, verse chapter Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15 says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. First of all, it identifies the gospel is the gospel of peace. Second of all, there's a reason why it's on your feet. It has, you have to be ready with your feet, ready to go. This is not something that we just sit on at our houses and be at peace with God. And that's it. God is challenging us. Jesus has challenged his believers, his followers to go out and make peace into the world. Bring in reconciliation to others. That's what we need to do. It's your feet. Start moving them. Start using your feet. Go out there. And the reality is, is that there, there was war in heaven. There was war between heaven and earth. There's war between mankind and God. And through Christ, we have the victory. Through Christ, he has made peace. And we are to go forth and bring the good news. What was the good news? When he sends out the disciples in Matthew chapter 10, he hasn't even died and resurrected yet. They were going out and they were preaching, repent. For the kingdom of God is near. And so when we go forward with our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, we are advancing the kingdom of God yep. with every place we set our foot. We are claiming mm -hmm. that space as holy ground. We are saying that the kingdom of God is now entered this place. And that's why if your peace rests there, you have claimed that area. You have made peace in that home. You've made peace in that region. You've made peace in that city or that town by bringing forth the gospel and allowing the gospel to rest there. 
if if the word is received and peace is made with God, that area has been claimed for the coming kingdom. And so when they were going forth and they were proclaiming peace and proclaiming the 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 kingdom, they were saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Mm -hmm. And and that word is not always received kindly. And so again, when we say peacemakers, we're not talking about that you avoid conflict and that yeah. you're going to make everyone happy. The reality is, is that by going forth and being peacemakers, helping others to find peace with God, peace with one another and peace within themselves, you actually can create division because you'll be rejected, which we'll see in the Beatitude for next week. Yeah. The, the logical response to someone who is a peacemaker, meaning someone who goes and proclaims the gospel of peace, is that you will receive resistance. Um, just after this chapter 10, when he sends out the 12, he, he admonishes the, the disciples in verse 34 through 36. He says, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword, for I have come to turn man against his father, daughter against mother, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Um, and he goes on in verse 37, that if anyone loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And this goes on, and it seems like a contradiction Very because he's saying yeah. to go and proclaim this gospel of peace and love. But the reality is, is that the message, the full message, is not just that God loves you and he's made a way for you to go to heaven. We are forgetting the key component there, which is repent. Yeah. And people don't like the word repent. They want heaven, but they don't want to change. They don't want the transformation process. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is that we can't find peace with God if we never acknowledge the fact that we were at war with him. If we don't acknowledge that our natural state is rebellion, our natural state is that enmity with God, that we're opposed to him, and then we we repent of that and we come under his authority, that's the key component to this making peace. You can't mediate an argument if both parties don't admit that there was a disagreement to begin with. Mm. You can't properly mediate an argument if the guilty party doesn't confess and make peace with the opposing party. And the reality is, is that God has provided everything and it's a one-sided argument. He has been faithful. He has been just. He has been good. He has been holy. He has been righteous. He has been loving. He has been long-suffering. And we're the ones who have rebelled against him. And yet he is the one who made the way. He is the one who mediated and said that he would make a way for us to have peace. That's the amazing part of this whole, of this whole being a peacemaker is that it's a, it's a one-sided deal. All we have to do is just acknowledge the gift that he has given us, and this will create division. There will be friends, there will be family members who don't agree and they don't like this message because they don't want to change. They want, if God is a loving God, then he should love me just the way I am. Mm -hmm. And he does. He does love you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you the same. Mm -hmm. And that is the full gospel of yep. the message of yep. Jesus Christ. And, and that is why the logical... Uh, conclusion, if you just read, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called sons of God, they don't really seem like a logical consequence. But if you understand that by being a peacemaker, you will possibly lose your family in this, in this world, that you will be at, at odds with family and friends, but you will be made a part of a new family that by being a, recognizing the gospel of peace, by embracing this new kingdom, by embracing Jesus as your Lord and savior, and coming to peace with the Father. Let's not forget, we, we look and we talk so much about what Jesus did, but Jesus' whole life and ministry was to point us to his Abba Father. And so we are to become sons and daughters 
of God. We're not children of God by birth. We're not children of God by nature. We're children of wrath. But when we repent and we accept this blessing that God has done, this the gospel of peace, the way that he has made for us, that his kingdom is near, and we submit and we recognize and we repent, he embraces us and adopts us as children. And we literally, he makes a way for us to become sons and daughters of God, which is which is why it is such good news. We are not, if, if you think you're already a child of God just by the way, just by being a human being, then it's not an amazing good news. But if you realize that you're a child of wrath, that your nature is sinful and that you are not part of God's family, but he made a way for you to become his child, that is some good news. Yeah, John, the Gospel of John, he opens up with this. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human dissension or husband's will, but born of God. The only way we can become children of God is when we receive him and we believe in his name. That is that is the whole um, adoption process, I guess. Yeah. But but that's that's really how it is. But if we do not have the son, we do not have the father. If we have not accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, if we did not believe that God wrote, raised him from the dead, then we are we don't have the sonship and the daughtership. Is that a word? Sure. Um, we don't have that. But the, when we receive, when we fully receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior and fully believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, fully believe in this gospel of peace, then we cannot hold that in. We become the peacemakers. We want to share that with others. We want to share the testimony of God, what God has done. We want to receive, share with those around us of what Jesus is in our lives and how we, because of him, we have a relationship with God. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We will be able to stand before God. Not, don't be so excited that when we die that we'll be in heaven. Be excited that when we die we will face our God the Father. Even Moses, when, when he was on the Mount Sinai, he could only see the back of God. He couldn't see his he face. Couldn't see his face. It, it was so holy. And even because just from seeing the back of, back of his back, Moses was so... The, the shining of his glowing face was, he was so glowing with glory that he had to cover his face because you're so, and we will able to see God face to face once again, just like in the, in the beginning. Better. Yeah. <laughs> but if humans were able to, to walk with God, to talk with God, now there'll be a new, new heaven and a new earth. And, the, and we will not, in Revelation, it talks about we will not need any source of light because God the Father will be the source of light. He will dwell with us and we will be his people and he will be our God. That's the beautiful picture that's presented in Revelation. And in 2 Corinthians, uh, you know, we were looking at chapter 5 about if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. But the promise, that's the beautiful promise, uh, again, that we will become sons and daughters of the living God. This is chapter 6, verse 18, which is actually a quoting from 2 Samuel uh, chapter 7. 
And it says, I will be a father to you. You will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. How incredible is that? That we in our lowly state can be transformed to be adopted into this, into this holy family, that we could be called children of God, sons and daughters of the living God, that we will be able to walk with him and talk with him and be with him in the cool of the day and not be afraid. The, the reality is, is he is so holy. He is so other that in our state that we are right now it, in scripture, whenever someone just sees an angel, they fall out of mm -hmm. fear like one who is dead. Yeah. We can't handle it. It's not that God can't handle your sin. It's not that God can't be around your. It's the fact that because we have evil within us, we cannot exist in his presence. We would cease to exist. And so he has to make us completely new. Mm -hmm. He makes us into his children so that we can have this, this relationship with him and he can be our God and we can be his people. And it's this beautiful transformation, this beautiful redemption story out of the brokenness that we've created that as we make peace with God, peace within ourselves and peace with one another, that we get to become part of this incredible holy family. Amen. I, I was just, I was just into you're talking about it and, I, and I'm just dreaming about it. It's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful vision that we can come before the Lord in that way and look at him as the father and us being as his children and not being like Isaiah falling down on the ground there's no fear. Woe, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean yeah. lips. But no, it's more of like, just like Jesus cried out, Abba, Father, we get to do the same. That is that is a blessing. That is grace. That is mercy. That's that's what we have through the gospel of peace. And we get to share it with others. Amen. Amen. Remember, you're loved. And covered in prayer. Be blessed. Thank you for spending time with us during this episode. We pray that this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to understanding God. If you'd like to contact us, please email us at corechurch242 at gmail.com. Until next time, know you are loved and covered in prayer.